Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket. Today I have an outstanding guest. His name is Burl Stamp. He's a speaker, author, and advisor to health systems in the United States. He's had several experiences in the healthcare sector. He's been CEO of, of Phoenix Children's Hospital, principal at uh, PYA, and now president and founder of Stamp and Chase, a consulting practice committed to improving patient care through better communication. He's done a lot in healthcare, folks, but what I want to do is open up the microphone to Burl, so he could round out that introduction and fill in any of the gaps. Welcome to the show, Burl. Thanks very much, Saul. It's great to join you and your listeners, and I appreciate the kind introduction. Absolutely. So why healthcare, Burl? What made you decide to get into this business? I was lucky. Unlike a lot of folks in healthcare that knew very early that they wanted to focus their life's work in the healthcare sector, I found healthcare through my interest in marketing. So my, I was looking huh. for a job in marketing and business development, and the first job, I full-time job I got happened to be in a hospital, and I loved it. Wow. I loved the industry. I loved the people who work in healthcare. I love the impact we can have on individual patients, but also on society overall, and I stayed. I did try to leave uh, once. I uh, <laughs> did a stint of, for about two years in package goods, which was great experience. Uh, no regrets. I learned a lot. But I brought it back to healthcare because I missed healthcare. I missed the challenges and the, and the people that work in it in the industry. That's really neat. And, and so you sort of gravitated there through marketing, loved it, right. and you just stayed. I stayed. I stayed. And I've, I've had the good fortune to work for fabulous organizations with wonderful teams. I also have the good fortune of today doing work that I believe is incredibly important. And it's work that I love as much as anything I've ever done in healthcare. It gives me the opportunity to work from the boardroom all the way down to the bedside with frontline staff. And I find uh, I draw great energy from that. And I think that the work we're doing in the employee and patient engagement space is incredibly important within the industry right now. Yeah, and Pearl, we had a chance to connect before the interview. And one of the things that really struck me is your passion for high-performance cultures. And so what is it that you guys do there at Stamp & Chase that helps develop that? What is the product? What do you guys do there? So from a broad standpoint, if you describe our work, it really is in the performance improvement space. And we're focused on the people side of performance improvement and how that helps really gain the greatest benefit on the process side. So we find that folks that choose healthcare as a career obviously are incredibly bright, but incredibly dedicated and passionate about what they do. And if we can draw that out more, there's incredible strength in that. And our approach is first and foremost, treat healthcare professionals like professionals and really focus on their personal success so that that builds organizational success in a very, very meaningful way. So we are, especially at the middle management level, we're very focused on how to help middle managers be better mentors and developers of the people in the organization 
And that's something many industries don't do as well as I think as, as we should, is prepare managers for that first supervisory responsibility. I think we're really bad at it in healthcare. We take a really, really talented nurse and say, here, manage this group of 75 <laughs> people and good luck with that. So we're very focused on also supporting the developing that middle management level and the important role that they have in driving results in the organization. No, that's really great, Burl. And, you know, the chain is as strong as its weakest link. And oftentimes the skills that made you an outstanding clinician or an outstanding performer in one area are not the skills that are going to make you an amazing manager. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great to hear that you guys are focused on, on building the people creating that strong performance culture. And so this leads me to a question here is, what do you think a hot topic in healthcare is today and and how are you guys addressing it? Engagement is the the topic that I think is phenomenally important today. And I I want to talk about it from a couple of perspectives. Okay. Let's start with patient engagement. I love a quote that I found a few years ago from Leonard Kish, who is a blogger and thought leader in healthcare. He said, uh, Patient engagement is the blockbuster drug of the century. If we could figure out how to better engage patients in decision-making in their own um, health status and in partnering with them in terms of compliance and during the, the health journey, I think there's phenomenal impact and phenomenal benefit to that. And, and we frankly have a lot, of, a lot of work to do. I also think that engagement from a staff perspective is incredibly important right now. And what we see in the organizations that we work with is a particular need in the nursing ranks. And obviously, at the core of what we do in healthcare, rewarding jobs, but very challenging jobs, very stressful jobs, and there's tremendous turnover. So there's a lot of focus on the front end and getting recruiting people, bringing them into organizations. But what we find a lot is they're leaving through the back door as quickly as we can get them into the front. And we've got to address that in a more in a more significant way. And that's a lot of the work that, that we do at Stamp and Chase with organizations is how do we better engage our frontline staff so that they can be their very best and they feel personally fulfilled and engaged in the important work that, that we're doing. That's pretty neat. And can you share maybe a story of, of something that you guys done, a project, and, and sort of what the end result was of that? Sure. So as I said, we focus... Uh, largely on uh, patient engagement as well as employee engagement. And so our focus with frontline staff is really on on improving communication competencies and critical thinking skills. And what we find there is, and, and often we're brought into an organization because they said we really need to improve our patient experience scores. And, and that's an understandable goal today, given uh, value-based purchasing and given the need to drive loyalty to organizations. But what we find is when you approach that work in a holistic way and you think about the connection that we make with patients, yes, we improve their patient experience score and their patient experience overall, but we also improve outcomes. We improve patient safety. We improve teamwork, which is highly correlated to patient experience in healthcare organizations. And so when we have worked with organizations to improve that communication competency and critical thinking skills at the front line, we've achieved very positive results in terms of the HCAP scores, for instance, but it really changes the culture of the organization. And, and that underlying culture is what we believe is absolutely essential to work on 
if you want to sustain results, mm -hmm. and if you want to achieve the very highest level performance over the long term. No, that's really great, Earl. And and so through the process, you guys have worked with some big names and, and done some really great things to really help improve outcomes. And so I'm curious in the process, can you tell us a time when you had a setback and what did you learn from it? You know, one of the biggest things I find is you learn more from your mistakes sometimes than your successes. You learn much more from your mistakes. I, <laughs> I couldn't couldn't agree more. And so I think it, it wasn't a, a single moment or a single project. But early in my career, I realized that I was not the kind of mentor to the folks who worked for me that I needed to be. Mm. And I didn't really even realize it. Because people tell me, you know, you're a nice guy, Burl. You, you know, you're not a bad person to work for. But early in my career, I was far more focused on my personal achievement, my individual achievement. And that's natural. Mm. That's where we all start. That's the way we're trained in school. But a very, very smart colleague that I learned so much from early in my career at St. Louis Children's Hospital sat me down one day and said, you know what, you're a smart guy and you work really, really hard. You need to pay a little bit more attention to developing the people that work for you. Um, you're running so fast. Mm -hmm. And the way she put it was, if you'd slow down just a little bit and help bring them along, there's tremendous benefit in that. And it was, I still remember it today. And it's, it's one of the most important conversations I've had in my career. So that has changed the way I personally look at my work, but it's also dramatically influenced the work we do at Stamp and Chase with organizations. And so one of the things that we work on with middle managers is to help develop their role as mentor, that they will achieve the greatest personal success if they're very focused on helping the team that works with build their individual success and collective success as a team. So a phenomenal learning experience for me, a place I think I was uh, woefully inadequate as an early manager and something I've worked on my, my entire career. That's a great share, Burl. And it reminds me of, um, I just read this book, it's called Extreme Ownership. Hmm. It's a Navy SEAL stories ah. of the battlefield. And they tell their story about how they get through the training, SEAL training. And basically they did a swap. One of the boats was behind and they mm -hmm. kept losing the race yep. and uh, they swapped the leader. And as soon as they swapped the leader, that last place boat kept finishing in first. Right. And so they did kind of a, an autopsy. What's the difference? Well, the difference was that the leader that kept winning was relying a lot on their teams and was building their teams, giving them tips, building them consistently, encouraging Absolutely. them. And it's that, that same message that you shared, right? During your career, and now you've done so many great things because you learned that principle. And to the listeners, just I'd urge you to, you know, as part of improving outcomes, what are you doing to improve the standard of your employees? Yes. How are you raising them? Yes. And what I find, the reason this works particularly well in healthcare in the provider sector is if we give our staff a little bit of encouragement they do phenomenal things. I can tell you a trail of stories of a mile long about the phenomenal things that an individual staff member will do, going so far above and beyond to support a patient, a family member, their team overall. But we've got to create the environment, the culture that really nurtures that and allows that. And we find that often is one of the greatest opportunities in provider organizations. And to be fair, um, you know, provider organizations are under a tremendous amount of pressure, and it just keeps intensifying. 
And so it, it's very easy to get very focused on all the metrics and, and the financials and the number side of this. And we have to deliver on that. But we're going to deliver on that best if we embrace the power and the dedication that we have our, among our frontline staff to really deliver on our mission, deliver the very best possible care to the patients and, and the families that we serve. That's a great message, Burl. And so we went to the dark side, kind of looked at a, at a setback. Now let's go to the light side. And yep. maybe you could share with us a proud medical leadership moment or an experience that you've had today. What's one of the proudest ones you've had? Well, I again, I've been really fortunate to work with within uh, great organizations, uh, both when I was on the provider side and now on the consulting side. So the experience of opening the first freestanding children's hospital in Arizona was phenomenal. Uh, starting the answer line now over 25 years ago at St. Louis Children's Hospital had an incredible impact on the families that we serve. What's the I answer think, line? So the answer line was we developed um, access point uh, via telephone. This is long before web and folks could access All things. The could, could go the Google. <laughs> but Parents, um, a lot of the issues and challenges are don't warrant a hospital admission or even short of that, an emergency room admission, but really some solid advice around issues re related to their, their ch child's health. And so we put experienced nurses on the, the phone that provided that advice and provided a triage function also for helping parents navigate. And that work is still in place. It's evolved over time. It's even in that organization now even more closely aligned with the primary care providers, with the pediatricians in the, in the community. But I got more feedback about that program out in the community from parents than just about anything I've wow. done. So those kinds of individual projects have been really, really rewarding. I think today, the thing that I'm most humbled by and proud of is when clients tell us, we like working with you because you practice what you preach. The way you do the work with us models for us what this is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. so, so you do more than just tell us that this is the way you should engage with employees. The way you engage with us gives us the picture and helps us. And we're very, very proud of that. And think it, we think it makes a difference clearly in the, the success of the work that we do with organizations and, and the outcomes. You know the way, you go the way, and you show the way. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Great leaders do it, just like you, Burl. No, that's really neat. And so what, what would you say today? You know, you guys have so many good things going on. We're able to connect before this, and you guys right. just have so much awesome things going on. Can you just highlight one to the listeners that maybe you're exciting, excited yeah. about a project or a focus? Yep. So we are rolling out, uh, literally as we speak, a brand new mobile application and web portal that takes all the leadership tools that we've developed over the last eight to 10 years and puts those in the hands of a manager in a way that they're much easier to access. They really help structure this work in terms of a little bit more tactical level, the specific practices that are really going to drive employee engagement. It's called My Team. Team stands for teach, empower, align, and mentor. And we have tools in that. each one of those individual modules. Each are powerful in their own right. I think it really comes together in the mentor module where we provide a structure for managers to think differently about feedback. You know, we've grown up, and this is true in a lot of industries, in sort of that old school annual performance appraisal. You know, we'll, we'll sit down once a year 
to check the box, to, to check the box and tell people, <laughs> I got to tell you, the, the vast majority of people I talk to hate the annual performance yeah. appraisal process. Staff hate it. Managers hate it even <laughs> more. Hates it. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> and the excuse that, oh, we have to do it because of the joint commission. No, we don't have to do it in that way. We can meet joint commission requirements when we provide more consistent feedback throughout the year to staff. It's more meaningful for them. And it's much, much more effective in terms of engagement and, and really developing individual staff skills and, and moving the performance of the organization. So my team, we're very, very excited about this. This is the tools we've developed over the last eight or 10 years. This particular application has been in development for about a year and a half. And we really think it has the ability to transform the way managers think about that special, that connection that they have with their staff and, and how to really make them more successful and move performance. Oh, bro, that's exciting, you know, and, and I find that great organizations and, and great cultures are ones where the people are able to not just go in and do their job, but they treat their job as a platform where they could grow a platform of self-expression, obviously within standard operating procedures right. in the hospital, but right. it sounds like your app is very focused on the mentoring aspect and right. nurturing the people so that they do the right things and they grow right. and they stay. No, that's exactly right. One of the things that a very common practice in healthcare organizations is leadership rounding. And we believe that's incredibly important. We do think it's sort of interesting there. When leadership rounding became uh, popular a few years ago, it's just we had discovered a cure for some major disease. or It's been around a long time. Hewlett and Packard called it management by walking around. Kaizen, lean experts call it going to the Gemba. But in, in healthcare, the leadership rounding is such an important way to connect with staff, but also to connect with patients. But mm -hmm. one of the things that we emphasize is that the synergy in the multiple types of rounding what we might do is incredibly important. So let me give you an example. So if we're rounding with patients and we're talking with them about how their stay is, what's going well, what we need to work on, Nine times out of 10, they say, your staff is so caring and they'll cite an individual nurse and she's made such a difference for me and she's so kind to my family. And the, so our rule is when we hear that, we find that nurse right then, if obviously she's working, and we provide that feedback. And I have had situations where in talking to an individual nurse and, and saying, let me tell you what Mrs. Johnson just said about you and what she shared and how important that is to her. I've had people almost you know, be in tears in terms of she said that about me, she said that about what we don't do a very good job of that positive feedback and mm -hmm. balancing that with the constructive criticism that's also important. And so what the My Team app does is it brings all of that together in a way that Yes, we record the information, the important information we get from rounding, but we also connect that to the important work that individual staff members are doing. And we provide that feedback in a way that's very helpful to them and helpful for the team overall. No, that's really great, Burl. And, and the power of presence. I go back to the, um, I don't know, it's for some reason this morning, I, I keep getting these battlefield uh, <laughs> examples. <laughs> Stories. <laughs> but but, but I, I think of the 1st Battalion Airborne story and the Commander Winters. Mm, and he okay. was there with his troops, right? right? He was constantly there. And I don't remember all his leadership principles, but he, one of the big ones was always be there with your people. 
and that's the right. rapport that's built with that is just so strong. And Earl, you talk about these things and you, you do it in such a nonchalant way because you, this is something that you're so passionate about. And I love that you're working to infect and inspire yeah. this, the same type of uh, inspirational leadership in the leaders in, in healthcare. I want to do something fun with you. We're going to pretend you and I are building a leadership course on what it takes to be successful in medicine. It's the 101 course or the ABCs of Burl Stamp. And so I'm going to ask you a couple questions. It's a lightning round type of thing. You answer right. them and then we'll finish up with the book that the listeners should read. You ready? Okay, perfect. Awesome. So what is the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? Improve engagement. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Assuming that the way we've done things in the past is going to be sufficient to make us successful in the future, particularly related to how we engage with patients and how we engage with staff. Love that one. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? You're always focused on the core work, the foundational work, and finding ways to improve that, but you're also focused on innovation and you're focused on ways to think differently about how we provide care and how to improve outcomes over the long term. What is one area of focus that should drive all else in your organization? Communication. Better communication. It's at the heart of so many of the, the challenges that, that we're up against. Our, our theme or tag within Stamp and Chase since our beginning, almost 15 years ago now, has been uh, we improve care by improving communication. And we view that really broadly and the way it, in fact, affects patient experience, the way it affects culture of safety, the way it affects teamwork, the way it affects outcomes and compliance for patients. I love that. Improving care through improving communication. That's a great tagline, Earl. Thank you. What book would you recommend to our listeners? So I'm a, a big fan of Daniel Pink. And my favorite book of his is Drive, which he published oh, okay. a number of years ago. But it's still, it's a great, great read. And the subtitle is The Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us. So he talks about what really does drive motivation in organizations. And I think it, it's obviously relevant for any industry, but I think it's particularly relevant for the healthcare provider industry. And what Daniel Pink says is there are really three major areas you need to think about if you want to create a culture that drives performance. It's autonomy, mastery, and purpose. And if you think of the, about those three, arguably on the purpose element, I think we do more purposeful work in the healthcare provider segment than any industry that I can come up with. We help and support people at the most vulnerable times in their life. They don't come to us at their best. They come to us sick and scared and hurting. And we have a phenomenal core purpose to build on. Totally we agree. need to work more on mastery and autonomy and in, in particular autonomy. We're a highly regulated industry, so I'm not saying we can throw out all of the policies, procedures, but when we provide for individual caregivers, that sense of I personally can make a difference if you'll let me, I think we have phenomenal things happening and, and we have incredibly improved outcomes, both from an experience standpoint and from a clinical standpoint for patients. I love it, Burl. And so to the listeners, Burl just kind of spilled his soul here, talked about the things that we could be doing to improve engagement and you know autonomy and mastery being a couple of those purposes there. Mm -hmm. uh, and yes. so, Burl, it's crazy. The, the time just flew with you. I wish we had more. But before Thank we you. conclude, why don't you just share one closing thought and the best place that the listeners can get a hold of you if they want to collaborate? 
Yep, I'll go back to uh, the people who work in healthcare are, are, the, are the best people in the world. I have a bias and finding ways to help them be at their very, very best. It's incredibly rewarding work. I think it's really important work within within our industry. It's work that we're very fortunate to do with great healthcare organizations across the country. Easiest place to find us is on uh, our website, uh, stampandchase.com. So that's stamp, like a postage stamp, and A-N-D, chaselikethebank.com. You can find all our contact information there. You also find there, we blog every week and try to provide very um, actionable content and advice for managers and leaders in, in healthcare. I'd also encourage me, I love invitations on LinkedIn. Uh, we also publish there um, and provide insights for yeah, and Burl, uh, just a, a shout out, Outcomes Rocket listeners, uh, I have tuned into Burl's weekly updates. Very insightful. Uh, he's been in the business for a while. I do recommend you check those out. If you go to outcomesrocket.com slash Burl, you'll see all the links to the things that we shared, but you'll also see a link to his website. So you could click on it and bookmark it because it's definitely one that if you care about outcomes and if you care about making healthcare better, one that you should follow. So Burl, I can't say how much I appreciate you taking the time to be with us this morning. Really want to say thank you and uh, looking forward to seeing the awesome things that you guys uh, do in healthcare. It's been great to talk to you and your listeners. Thanks so much, Saul. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more. 